0: this is home this is childhood this is childhood (laughs) this This is is womanhood this is folklore Hello, Rammies. Happy Pride. Oh, one of our favorite months of the year. That's right. We knew we had to take it there. And oh, mazel. <laughs> it's a really sad. <laughs> sad intro. Exactly. But not a sad episode. Exactly. We're we're pouring some um some mum sparkling rose. Beautiful. And our um Katie Maloney and James Kennedy glasses. You need to take yours home, by the way. I, I will. Um also like talk about a beautiful circle of friendship, like James sticking out for Katie. Wait, what? During the reunion, like oh. how he's like really sticking up for Katie. We love it. We do love it. Well, it's nice just to
1: see a man support a woman <laughs> yeah. on that show <laughs> because wow. it's very rare. It's so true.
0: And very rare for James Kennedy as well. But hey, we love to see growth. We do. We do. <laughs> Welcome to Right Answers Mostly. My name is Claire. My name is Tess. And we say this is what you didn't learn in history class but wanted to. We also say we're kind of like Wikipedia's chaotic sister. Uh chaotic is
1: is one word for it that's true we we give you the juice we give you the tea and we are doing themed months and we are starting this month uh for gay pride that's right Text queer icons queer icons like what could be better oh, we love it how are you i am good um yeah. Cheers. I mean, cheers. I mean. Yeah, I think li- life is good. This week has just felt like <laughs> life is good. Life is great. It's like what you say when you're like having a mental breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Your voice just goes a little bit higher. Um, no,
0: I feel like we've just been. Um, past two weeks have just been like go go go. I know we um, have been uh, guests on a lot of podcasts, which we're very excited about. Make sure to check out Ready to Be Petty. Um, about the pasta pod yes best week ever is coming soon
1: yes we should do a TikTok of all of like the um podcasts that we've been on recently just to like show you guys we'll put links and just try to promote it a little bit more it's been so fun but it's been so fun um but yeah nothing oh this weekend is a long weekend i know i didn't even think about that didn't even think about that either um going to Sinespia on Saturday. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? We're seeing 10 things I hate about you. Oh, that's fine. You guys should come if you don't have
0: plans. We do have a few birthday parties oh. this season. We're carrying it over from Taurus season. Oh, oh. What yeah. birthday parties do you Naya's? have? Oh, right, that's on Saturday, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. And then um, I'm totally blanking on what her name is. Wow. <laughs>
1: on wow. Close friends, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, no, I put you on but the yeah. spot. Um
0: yeah. Well, that's nice. SBO will be great.
1: Synespia will be great. Um, and then that's really it. That is uh, that is it.
0: Well, I'm gearing up to go to Greece. How are you feeling? I'm so excited. Well, I'm excited and nervous. I've got to order from Amazon. I've got to order those... Um, those uh plug in things that transfer over to European whatever. The European outlet. Yes. Yes. I gotta order that on Amazon like today and you know, do all the stuff before we leave. But I'm really excited because my friend Peanut is letting me borrow her Dyson Air wrap. I mean that will just make that can make him make her break a trip. I feel like I'm like, it doesn't even matter what I'm gonna be wearing because my hair is gonna be looking on point. Yep, that is so true. God, Have you thought Dyson about your looks? Wraps. No um it's this whole trip has been so last minute but thank god i have my passport so thank god that's all you need i feel like you'll be in like a bathing suit with like a cover-up or like a long skirt a cpc bathing suit a cpc if you will yeah what cpc ones are you bringing well i'm going to bring my triangle pink bikini i actually need to call caroline but i think in greece the um elizabeth is going to look super chic oh my god so chic and the jolene So, Uh,
1: With the spray tan. All of it. Chef's kiss all around. You're going
0: to have so much fun. Yeah, so by the time you guys are listening to this, I'll be in Greece. Uh,
1: I don't have any Greek
0: except Mm. for food, like baklava. Oh, my God. I love Greek
1: food so much. I'm excited. When I was in Greece, we would have like four um, Greek salads a day. Oh, yum. Because there, it's literally just blocks of feta with like a tiny bit of cucumber (laughs) that's all i need and i'm just like breakfast lunch and dinner cannot wait the mediterranean
0: diet that that's that's what it's all about that's how
1: people live until 100 by eating feta i can't wait
0: and i stand by it that's gonna be great but anyways we're gonna stay in love and light today we are because we are talking about a man who is the father the son and the holy spirit to us we have had a group
1: chat named after this man for four years (laughs) Maybe five. Maybe
0: five. He has started our religion. He has bonded Claire and I eternally. Absolutely. And he is none other than Andy Cohen. I We had to we were like, okay, number one, start it off. Of course, because like we love
1: Bravo. Personally for me, I don't know much about how he got to the place that he's at now. I don't know about his childhood. So I like know. Claire and I were both, we looked at each other and we were like, we should do Andy Cohen. And then I was like, do you want to take it? And Claire was like,
0: can I? And I was like please there are subjects where both of us love it so much that it feels bad taking it like chelsea handler we've never touched Ugh. her because it's like how would we how would we choose how do, exactly and that's how i felt with andy at first we were like maybe we'll split it up but, but i feel honored and privileged to be able to cover andy today i do as well because i feel privileged i can just like sit back and enjoy Bye. the show i know it's always so nice when you're not staying
1: <laughs> <The> <laughs> it really is you wake <laughs> up in the morning and you're just like
0: i gotta do nothing today but show up it's so nice well tess what is your experience? with Andy Cohen my experience can be simplified
1: as he has given me more joy Mm -hmm. and light in my life than I ever
0: could have imagined I agree
1: I completely agree I think he's funny I think he's intelligent I think he could interview diplomats and presidents and world leaders I agree and he brings people the community he has created is one of the strongest communities that has been going on for what like 20
0: years. Yes, it's, uh yeah, uh, a little like 15, 15 18 to okay. be like specific, but like my God. And it's still, but be- like, it hasn't gone downhill. No, no, I totally agree. And mm. he's sexy. He is so hot. His kids are so cute. I know. We were sending pictures today of Ben and Lucy in our group chat. Oh, I can't. I just, I respect him
1: so much. We love Watch, watch What Happens Live. Yeah, if anyone do. is listening right now that has connections, please. To uh, go, we would we'd be eternally grateful
0: mine and uh, tess's dream are is to be bartenders on watch what happens live like we don't need to be guests obviously like one step at a time please but we would love to be bartenders or just go and be in the audience we'll do
1: anything we'll so do anything if if you're listening
0: yeah, just call us christmas is around the corner please well my experience the andy cohen is um very personal actually i feel the exact same way as you did mm. but when i first moved to la Three days, I think it was three days after I lived, I moved to LA. I was seventeen, and my mom was staying with me for a few weeks. And we saw that Andy Cohen was having a book signing at the Brentwood Country Mart. Stop. And this was also at the time my first year in LA. I literally went to so many talk show tapings. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I am in Hollywood, baby. We all did. We all. Do. I went to book signings, mm-hmm. and so then, of course, I could not miss andy cohen at the brentwood country mart so i bought his book and i actually met one of my first friends dave there oh he's yes he sat down and um started chatting with me and he's like oh i've been friends with andy for a few years and then when andy first walked in he was like hey dave and dave introduced us at the end so my mom and i got a picture with andy we will post it andy signed my book what does it say it says And this is his first book, Most Talkative, which is perfect for us, too. Of course. It says, Claire, mazel, and a smiley face, XOXO, Andy Cohen.
1: Oh. And then did he write stories from the front? I
0: think. Oh, that's a font. I think that's a font. Okay. But... I will treasure this piece of artwork Muzzle. forever. Look at oh, it. Young Andy. Oh, my God. So, Dave, I will forever be grateful for you introducing me to Andy. So, you read the book for the first time in, like, 2012. 12. Okay. Yes. And I reread it for my research. This was mainly my uh, my source because there's really not much of, of about Andy out there. Of course. I mean, he's written some books, but the book, guys, is so good. If you're a pop culture fanatic, I highly recommend it. Go check it out. I would love to borrow it, if yes, I may. It, please. It's the easiest read. You'll, fi- I mean, I flew through
1: it, so. Of course. Um, yes, that picture of you. What does your mom think about this episode? Is she so excited? She's
0: excited. My mom has recently fallen off of Housewives, but I got into Bravo because of my mom, so it all goes wow it all goes back to what our mothers teach us (laughs) what our mothers give us that's so true they give and they give (laughs) Uh, so uh, by the way guys if you are enjoying this episode so far follow us on instagram and tiktok at right answers mostly and subscribe on spotify or apple podcast we are here for you we are so here we go Uh, andy cohen oh my god andrew joseph cohen was born june 2nd 1968 in st louis missouri we've got ourselves a gemini king Wow wow and yeah I see that part of him I do too I think like you never know what you're gonna get right and you know what Morris said was a big trait Morris check out our check out our astrology episode we have an astrologist expert come on that Geminis are really big talkers and so this makes sense Katie Katie <laughs> it is true <laughs> and so that checks out in creative in creative exactly so he said his childhood was very idyllic or sorry idyllic. That's how you say that, right? Idyllic. 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 It just sounds strange, but yes. it is. He um he even was like a paper boy and had a paper route when he was ten years old. And it was just very simple and sweet and happy, which is so nice to hear on the show every once in a while. That is nice. Like it's so nice to like not someone who had major especially a man with like major childhood trauma. <laughs> I know, I was gearing up for it. Or but mommy issues. Thank no. God. It's just you know, it's nice. It's nice. Mm. Um, in the summer, his parents would send his sister and him to work at the family company Allen Foods, which I think we have an Allen Foods plant in my hometown. It's like a big company. Oh, so do you think you grew up a rich kid? I think he grew up well off. Yeah, okay. I do. And in St. Louis. Um, but he said he was terrible at every task he was given. But he was also a kid and they were like having him drive the forklift and like work the assembly line. Mm. It's like the 70s. They're like, make the kids do anything. <laughs> they like, drive me to work. <laughs> yeah. So they're like drinking in the car. (laughs) Yeah, smoking cigarettes with the windows rolled up. Uh, I miss it. I want it. I know. Me too. Simpler times. (laughs) No
1: seatbelts. We're like you guys. Gorgeous.
0: (laughs) Um, When he was 16, he becomes an intern at the CBS affiliate in St. Louis. So he, from very early on, what he wanted to do, Mm. which was in communications and broadcasting. Oh, wow. Quote, I was a good kid, but I've had one Achilles heel that has stayed with me through the years, talking. I simply could not shut the fuck up. I still can't, and that small issue has gotten me in all sorts of trouble. I hear that one of us one of us um did you were your report cards filled with she's talking it's like good student but talks too much I had the exact same thing like I we just have so much to say my sister got me a coffee mug that I was like slightly offended that just said blah 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 (laughs) I'm like rude she's like happy birthday (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but yeah big talkers Hey, it gets you places, though. It really does, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, but this is crazy. He said his third grade teacher was so appalled by the volume and relentlessness of his voice that she made the entire class write, screaming causes cancer, 50 times on a piece of paper that they had to tape to their desks. Oh, my God. So haunting. His parents were pissed. I mean, like, who would it be?
1: I mean, literally, this it's very much like giving, washing your mouth out with soap. Yes. Like,
0: th- that sort of, like, discipline. My fifth grade teacher had a jar on her desk that said, um, ashes of misbehaved children. <laughs>
1: We were terrified of her. My God. I mean, I guess that's one way to get a class just to like zip it.
0: As I get, like, as I was a kid, it terrified me as an adult. I'm like, I completely understand. Do anything to make them fear you. Exactly. Um, He was also kicked off the water polo team in high school for talking while the coach was giving a pep talk. (laughs) Talking has just got him in trouble. Water polo, hot hot
1: sport. I know. He's
0: just so hot. He is a hot man. Look at that face. He's zaddy. Sorry, guys, but he is. There's no other way to look at it. No. Um, So he fell, love with soap operas the summer before his freshman year in high school quote like all red blooded teen american boys i come home from water polo practice and eat a box of vitamins pop them donut holes in front of the tv while obsessively fawning over all my children like relatable content i miss those days too of also like god i don't i know you don't share this experience with me but i remember specifically eating like a whole box of rice krispie treats and just watching tv in the summer and then me like
1: i feel so sick i i understand in a different way yes I was probably doing that with like <laughs> tofu <laughs> <laughs> or like the, um, the cheese puffs that were from like Trader Joe's, mm, you know? Yeah. Like, like the I,
0: organic ones. I'd eat like a whole bag of those. Hey, you're better off for it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but he just loved soap operas from such an early age. And he had a hierarchy of um, soaps. He said NBC soaps were inferior to ABC soaps. And he was like, don't even get me started on CBS soaps. They're dark. Oh God! What, what are CBS soaps? Um, I think uh, As the World Turns. I think I think it's One Life to Live. Uh, what What is the one that Eileen's on? Is she that Eileen's Eileen? on Days of Our Days of Our no, Lives? Young and the Re- Young and the Restless. I think Young and the Restless is a CBS soap. I think it is too, because she'd always go to the CBS studio. Yes, exactly. So. Wow, so, full circle. green for him for some reason. <laughs> exactly. He did not like CBS soaps. Okay. Um, but he did say, in case you were wondering, I did have one interest that didn't scream G-A-Y, and that was the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Andy is such a huge Cardinals fan. He, he has hometown pride. He does. And he used to bond with that over Tom Sandoval, because Tom Sandoval is from St. Louis, but no longer that rat. So many men from this area, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Some are great, and some are not. Exactly. Um, And then he goes on to say, quote, to be clear, I've been gay since the day I was born, but Um, even though I knew it somewhere in my head, I didn't want to face the facts of what that meant. He didn't know any gay people growing up in St. Louis. There was hardly any representation on TV. I mean, this was pre Will and Grace, the real world, Bravo. Uh, Truly though. So it's like he knew it, but he didn't know what that meant for him quite yet. Yes. He was not seeing it around him. Exactly. So... He said, like many a young gayling, he gravitated towards strong, outsized female personalities on and off screen. Of course. And God, we love that. Thank
1: God. Why do you think that that is like a stereotype of like younger
0: gay men that love these like larger than life women? Even like with Bravo, like why are we so drawn to like the drama and the gravitas mm-hmm. of these people? And I don't know. What, what do you-, you think it is?
1: I think it's like a little fantasy or like release of something. Of, well, it's like they're so themselves and they're so big. Mm, and like maybe for someone that's closeted and right. a man that sometimes emotions have to be a little bit, you know, diminished. Maybe you're just like, that is like life.
0: That's vibrancy. Right. That is, and we love that. And we love that. So his close friends his closest friends were women and he, he said he got involved in the friendships in high school. He got involved of the falling outs and he stirred up plenty of shit between his female friends and he said it was his pre-housewives boot camp and he loved it. I that was my high school experience as well. <laughs> having a gay friend that literally caused
1: wreaked havoc
0: on me and my girlfriends. It's like this so, is drama. So I'm like, wow, he was one of them. And I mean, even now I'm like, he loves it. Do you think he's like that with his friends still a little bit? Yes, I definitely do. Like Like, him and Anderson Cooper? Yes, the way he pokes at Anderson Cooper, I definitely think that he is. He stirs the pot. He loves it. Wow. Yeah. Um, But he told the story of when his his friend and her mom dropped him off at a pharmacy. And as they were about to drive off, he was leaning on a lamppost in an apparently, quote, unmasculine way. And he saw his friend lean over to her mom and say something. And then they both just started laughing. He sensed he knew what it was about. So he went over and walked and walked up to them and said, What are you laughing about? And hesitantly she responded, I think that when you grow up you're gonna be a homosexual. Whoop de do, you little loser. <laughs> Literally, and just like the laughing and the shame that must have felt. Ugh. Of just standing. Also, what's it like to stand in a straight way on a lamp? Well, post? and that's why it's like, quote, an unmasculine way because there's no sexuality to just standing. There's like gender is a com- construct, people. You heard it here. There it is, Claire. And there it is. And there it is. There's not like a feminine or a map. That's a, that, does, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, my God. So he, Oh, poor little honey. I oh, no, you were going to just hug him. Well, he said his friend said something that he knew was true. And from that moment on, nothing would ever be the same for him. He was overcome with anger that now he also had to face the truth. Right, And it, it wasn't like facing the truth was tragic for him that it didn't feel like freedom it felt like fear Mm. well yeah i mean what's announced that 70s if he was born 1968 probably at this time it's like the early 80s
1: and god even right now there's places in the country where if you stood at a
0: lamp post you would get that abuse you know exactly exactly especially in the midwest Mm. at this time Um, And he tells the story in his book of the time his senior year in high school where he took mushrooms with his friends. Oh, love that. But he went to a live Eddie Eddie Murphy stand up show. Mm. And Eddie Murphy was huge at this time on SNL. And Andy loved seeing him on SNL. But his live show was very different. Eddie Murphy used a derogatory word for a gay person that begins with an F over and over and over again. (sighs) And the crowd was eating it up. They were cracking up. And he said that every time he used that word and the crowd laughed, he ultimately knew they were laughing at him. And being on mushrooms only magnified his emotion. I mean, it sounds like a miserable experience. Sounds like hell. Hell. So he um, he spent the rest of the show locked in the bathroom stall, rocking back and forth, and wishing that he could somehow unzip his skin and throw it away and walk out a completely different person. <sighs> Words matter. Literally. That is so sad.
1: Yeah. this episode. I'm going to cry again.
0: <laughs> it's just like, it just, it just makes me so sad. I know. But so that was his journey through high school. Luckily, he gets out of St. Louis and he went to college at Boston University.
1: Always wondered where he went.
0: BU? Which
1: What ah, does that remind
0: you of? BU. Um, is this a Housewives re- reference? No, it's a movie reference. Oh, Legally Blonde? The Social no. Network. Where she, she goes, why do you keep asking me if I have to study? And he goes, because you went, you go to BU. Little asshole. Such a little asshole. Go- okay. I can totally imagine him in Boston. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's like a good school. Great school. But he chose, um, he went there in 1986 and he chose BU for everything it wasn't. It wasn't dependent on a frat system. It wasn't in a small town. It wasn't anything like St. Louis. St. Louis. And it had a great communication school, and he found out on the DL it had some semblance of a gay community. So he's still in the closet. <laughs> he's His still closet. Family doesn't know. No, no, no one knows at this point, and he's still, I think, trying to understand. And BU, I think, has a very like
1: non-conventional, unconventional campus life. It's like yeah. you're kind of in the city, so you don't have to, like, be around
0: these... That's what he said. He's like, it didn't feel like on a campus, like a small town. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So when he goes to BU, he actually joins the their London program, and he spent a semester in London. And the summer before a semester, he was traveling all around Europe, and for the first time in his life, he was completely alone somewhere far away, which made him feel scared and liberated all at once. I bet. God, the emotions. Yeah, seriously. So he's like, everyone at home definitely thought I was, like, just hiking and seeing sights. But what I was really doing uh-huh. was visiting a bunch of gay bars in Florence and Rome. Love that. Oh, love that. It's so fun. But he was like, he had been to gay bars before, like... Some in St. Louis, very on the down low, and some in Boston. But this time, he'd go to a gay bar and not worried that someone would catch him. And he said, worried that someone would catch him and turn him into the authorities, or worse, tell his parents. Oh, so that was a fear yeah. of kind of at the top of... Yes, mm. definitely, like, his parents finding out. Okay. Right. Yeah. But he said he had no game. He spent the early part of the summer following around the Grateful Dead, which he's such a deadhead. He really Still is. today, he loves the Grateful Dead. Um, and growing out his hair so that he could put it in a ponytail. And he was in head-to-toe tie-dye. Can you imagine it? And he has really curly hair, right? He has such curly hair. I will, like, try to find a picture in here. So he had, like, curly hair,
1: high pony or
0: low pony, perhaps? Low pony, but look at this picture. Holy
1: shit. (laughs) Wow, he has so much hair. He has so
0: much hair. It's wild.
1: Oh, he's so... I mean, he's a hot... Like, even there, he's hot. He's a great body.
0: He's a hot man. He always has. Mm. And he still does today. Some good jeans. That's right. So, um, however... He did have a two day romance uh, with a man named, I assume it's Jean-Marie, mm. G- Jean Marie, J E A N. Anyways, doesn't yeah. matter. Jean? Yeah, he didn't speak English and Andy didn't speak French, so they just kind of spoke in broken Spanish they didn't have a thing in common, but he said it was the most romantic two days of his life. Do you think that was his first experience? I, sexual experience? I think it was, mm-hmm. actually. And he said that he was so handsome and sweet and they held hands under the table and the whole thing just felt like a fantasy. And in his heart from that experience, he knew there was no turning back now. Of course not. Like, nor nor once, there should be. No, right. Once you let your heart feel
1: that love. Oh my god, And he's like in Europe and he's like, with a French man, am I living the dream? He was.
0: Do you know what it was like to be gay in europe at this time did he say anything i don't but i feel like europeans have always been more progressive with that right it's like i know in italy there was a lot of like laws and
1: stuff around i don't know i thought that maybe like it was like gay marriage was
0: illegal for a Mm. long time but then like If he felt comfortable to, like, hold hands with this man, like, it was maybe a little bit more... He, I think, also did feel comfortable to hold hands with that man because he wasn't anywhere near someone he knew. Wow, that is a good point. Right, so... Um, but yeah he was like how can I ever go back now that I know once you get a little taste of course you want the whole thing of course so when he goes back to London for a semester he was back to pretending to be something he wasn't which was proving to be impossible for him because everywhere he looked and listened it was gay 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 his flat was in the gay community of Earl's Court he said how the hell was I supposed to stay in the closet when everybody in my neighborhood was dressed like a village person Mm. so he sees all these people living his truth but he was committed to his secret, because he truly didn't feel like he had an alternative. He felt that if he chose to be open about his sexuality, he would be shunned by everyone he loved. Was he meeting other gay people at BU? Um, th- he was actually. Now that I remember a story, and he was so amazed that people could live out their life right he was admiring like
1: that it was possible but not there yet he
0: talked about um when a bunch of his gay classmates invited him to go watch a joan collins movie with him and they were all just sitting in the living room him and a bunch of other gay men watching a joan collins movie, but he was still in the closet (laughs) he
1: was like this is life but i'm sure
0: they're like we know baby
1: yeah they're like you came to this
0: (laughs) yeah we know willingly Exactly. Um, So then Andy meets these two women who become his best friends for the rest of his life Amanda and Graciela, I think is how you say her name. But the image he portrayed to them was one of a heterosexual hippie, (laughs) which I can't even imagine now with him. Do you think he slept with women? He never did. Oh, really? Not that that he talked about in his book. He never. Mm. He said that him and um, Graciela were in love, but not like. I you know how you understand it where it's like oh I understand that it, yes. and he even said he it's like we'll get to this later but when he comes out to her he said they both cried because they both knew if he were straight they would be together I have chills. I have you ever seen the movie Object of My Affection? No. It's Jennifer
1: um, Aniston and Paul Rudd. Oh no. You would love this movie. It's on HBO. I love both of them. She's gay and she's in love with him mm. and they kind of are in love with each other and it's such a beautiful depiction of like not putting everyone in these boxes of like, so you're gay, so you can't love her, and like, you know, I've had similar experiences to that where like
0: you just it doesn't matter. Like being in love ma- is being in love. And it, it's such a gorgeous thing, so why would you ever freaking try to stop it? Wow. I know. So, um, but he just has the best time with him with them. They get up to all sorts of antics, but his life becomes a balancing act of having or hanging out with Amanda and Garciela and checking out the gay spots on the DL. So he's like living a double life. Right. Um, and the dark side of his initial, uh, forays into the gay world was that he was absolutely terrified that he was going to, or had already gotten AIDS. He said, Mm. quote, it was 1988 and the AIDS crisis was generating massive paranoia and uncertainty being gay, uh, seemed to go hand in hand with AIDS, like an inevitable one, two punch. Which is also so complicated when you're trying to figure out your sexuality and people are calling AIDS gay cancer. Right.
1: So then you're like, "Am I being punished yes. because like this is what we all deserve?" Like the dialogue around it was so hurtful and false and, and disgusting. So dangerous. Oh my god. Yeah. We'll we'll be talking more about that next week. Mm.
0: And Man. and it is
1: very disturbing.
0: It's just I. My heart just hurts because it, it's already an isolating experience, I'm sure, having to go through this journey and to add that on top of it. And then no one was giving you options, like,
1: no. telling you, hey, well, like, try, you know, like, there was just no um,
0: guidance from right. doctors, from um. health advocates. And that's the people who should have all the answer. It's just so sad. The Reagan administration. Ugh. I mean, the Reagan administration did so much damage to our country. I just can't even. It gets- can you imagine telling kids, like, hey, you know how we can stop kids from doing drugs? Just say no. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Oh, thank you so <laughs> much. That's crazy. Oh I never God. thought of that before. Genius. And have an old white lady tell these kids what to do. That's going to go over so well. Sorry. <sighs> this I just country go has on. dark history. It does. It does. And we're here to tell the tale.
1: <laughs> Through Andy Cohen's <laughs> lens. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it all goes back to Bravo, baby. Of, of course. So the longer, but the longer he was in London, the more he was living a lie and that there was just no going back to his old life. So he takes his friend Amanda to a pizza hut. And in his book, he said, no comment. (laughs) Lol. I mean. I'm like, what happens at this Pizza Hut? Gone are the days where you would go to Pizza Hut and have the pizza bar. You know Pizza Hut at one time was the highest buyer of kale. They bought the most kale in the country just to decorate the uh, salad bar and the pizza bar at Pizza Hut
1: wow <laughs> that's also so like telling of our country <laughs> that explains so it's just decorative just decorative like, we want the kale but just for decoration wow pizza
0: that was a time it was a time we had pizza it. in my heart which I know I is not I don't think I have pizza my heart That was our thing in Palo Alto I would order Pizza Hut with like a pan crust pizza And a two liter Dr. Pepper And call it a Friday night I thought you were a Dr. Pepper girly Oh I was the biggest My mom had to cut me off at Mexican restaurants When they would She's bring like the, like the big red Coke cups Oh I thought you didn't like it anymore No I, I like it uh, I just don't drink it as much anymore mm. But I used to pound it back in the God, day it tastes so good So good I'm like am I going to order pizza tonight I think I might order Pizza Hut tonight
1: same gorgeous (laughs) we'll text each other selfies
0: (laughs) literally nonstop. um so they're at pizza hut okay of course i have something incredibly personal to tell you and she goes i know exactly what you're gonna say Mm. you're in love with garciella or whatever her name is i think it's garciella and he went i am but i'm also gay wow so much to unpack so much to unpack and she he said her reaction was one of utter joy and complete acceptance. Quote, I think that is so natural and beautiful, and I'm so proud of you. This is great news. Oh, and that's all you need someone to say. That's all you need someone to say. And I'm so glad that it's the first person he came out to, and that was her reaction. And out of pizza hut of all places. all places. I think a lot of
1: shit goes down
0: like at those places where um, we're not expecting. A hundred percent. You know? A lot of shit has gone down in a pizza hut. We know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he also ends up telling Amanda's boyfriend and s- his, her boyfriend Paul. So the closet was finally open just a crack for wow. him. Wow. Um, On the flight back to the U.S., so his semester in London is done. He writes a journal entry, which, God, like being on a plane is emotional enough. I can't imagine writing. Bring in in your journal. And and writing about coming out. So he writes a journal entry. And this is going to be the way that he's going to tell his friends that he's gay. So he's back in St. Louis. And he's starting to tell a few childhood friends. And then he types a letter to Amanda's boyfriend, Paul, that he already told and in this letter he's talking about coming out to his friends he's talking about who he's horny for like oh. he's just going there okay and he carelessly left his letter on the couch in the den of his house and then andy said or was it careless i was just gonna say is that a little a little 40 slip if you will yep he said i knew full well that my mom watched the cbs evening news every night with a scotch at 5 30 on the couch in the den well that is a uh, something else to unpack. <laughs> I love, like, Evelyn Cohen sounds like an icon to watch the news every night with That's a, scotch. a scotch. My grandma did that. I, it was a bourbon and water every night and watched the news. A
1: bourbon and water.
0: Wow, iconic. iconic. She read the letter, which had full details about everything, and she nonchalantly but loudly calls to Andy, you might want to remove your letter from the den. Yeah. So, his dad gets home. And when his dad gets home, his mom and dad go into their room and talk quietly. And Andy said, quote, hush voices were uh, were as rare as a crucifix at 7710 West Biltmore Drive. We were Jews who shouted across the dinner table. We didn't whisper behind closed doors. This was serious. Oh, my God. I can't imagine being in the other room. Just be like, what are they talking about? Oh, my God. So his mom finally comes um, into the room. His dad goes to play tennis, and she says, "I'm ready to talk if you're ready for that to happen." And he said he wasn't sure she wanted to hear what he had to say, and she uh, she goes, "Say what you need to say, say the words out loud." <sighs> And he finally, and you're making me cry. (laughs) I know, I'm already crying. I already am crying. Um, He finally comes out to his mom and they begin to cry. She admitted that she had suspected when he was a little boy who liked to go to the neighbors' houses and sweep the floors. And when one of his prized possessions was a pink I Love Lucy book. But she said the big giveaway was when she found a honcho magazine under
1: his bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the magazine under the bed.
0: Literally just looking at it and being like, oh, and then putting it back, you (sighs) know? (sighs) Um, but they just hugged and cried and they had to talk about AIDS and telling other people. And she said, she said, I probably would have hated your wife (laughs) anyway.
1: Oh, that kind of mother. Yeah,
0: exactly. Which he he said broke the tension and they talked for two hours. And by the time his dad walks back in the room, they were just like slap happy. Uh, it just makes me emotional because it's like all the buildup that he yes. must have played that scenario in his
1: head like a million times. And then that they just were kind of like, you know, we love you anyway. And like,
0: it just doesn't always go like that. Right. And so it's just just like, uh. well, his dad, I think, had a harder time taking it in. Like, he's this Midwest dude. Yeah. And the conversation turned into a list of hypothetical scenarios in which Andy's dad was like. So he asked about every single one of Andy's girlfriends and he was like so if if Linda were to walk in the room naked right now would it turn you on <laughs> And he was like, no, <laughs> this might be like, no, so, like if you look at boobs, <laughs> like not even a little, it's so
1: crazy. So funny. And it's also
0: just such like ignorance that like you kind of have to laugh. Totally. Cause he, he like surely does not understand it at all. But oh, ultimately he walked over and said that whatever Andy decided was fine with him and that he would always be his father and loved him.
1: That's all you need to hear. That's all you need
0: to hear. Well, the next day, also, his dad took him to Steak and Shake and talked to him about AIDS and condoms.
1: (laughs) He's like, Shell, Now that we got that out of the way.
0: (laughs) Let's talk business. Wrap it up. And Andy was like, it was as as awkward as any conversation about AIDS at a Steak and Shake could possibly be. (laughs) (laughs) All these intense moments at these chain restaurants. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's so the time, too. Like, chain restaurants were the places to go. It's true. Wow. Um, and he spent the next few months reading his journal entries he wrote to his friends and family, and he just finally felt free and like himself. Oh,
1: uh, liberating,
0: liberating. So, uh, for his summer internships in college, he had his heart set at working, uh, for the CBS evening news Hi. in New York, which Hi. is what his mom watched every night. And he grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't know if he wanted to be an anchor or a producer. He just knew that he needed to be there. So he gets to inter- internship. And he goes off to New York, but he gets assigned to the CBS this morning, not the evening news. And he was like, what? He's like, trash. 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 He was literally like, who watches this? No one. I like that that's his first opportunity to like, no. (laughs) it's so Andy because then he gets assigned to the consumer unit. Um, what she seen said seemed dreadful over the entertainment news. And he goes, literally he says to his superiors, um, I don't think I want to work in that unit. He's like, it's a little, um, gross, gross. And they were literally like, well, get over it. And you're there. So, so he wasn't paid. It was just an internship. Yeah. Just an internship. Um, and he said it took it all. It took all of an hour for me to decide that the other interns at CBS this morning were utterly dumb shits. And as time went on, they did nothing to disabuse me of this notion.
1: They're just reading this book like, oh, we're so excited to see maybe we get a mention. I see. (laughs) He's like, you're idiots. Idiots, all of you. you.
0: And he was like, why did they, like, Even seeing the entertainment interns, he's like, why are they not in consumer? I should be there. But he quickly realized that it was actually great. They booked bigger guest names there. The reporter he was assigned to was a real journalist, and he started to see the staff as his colleagues, and he was seeing the worlds that he wanted to live in through their eyes. Mm. He also talks about noticing that some of the men on the staff that seemed to be gay but we're in the closet, and that he was deeply relieved that he wasn't, that he wouldn't be one of them. He said he wasn't going to advertise his sexuality, but if someone asked him, he promised himself he would simply tell the truth. "Quote the decision, the decision." Tr- oh my god! On. <laughs> You've got it, baby. <laughs> "Quote the decision proved to be one that would guide my life entirely. I've never hidden who I am, and being gay doesn't define me. It's one of the things I happen to be. I'm also a Gemini, an asthmatic, and a lover of disco balls and long walks on the beach." Me, I'm gonna cry again. I I can't handle this episode. And like to be so newly out of the closet, to see your superiors living an alternate lifestyle, and still being like, "But I'm gonna be me."
1: Yeah, and it's like, can you imagine being at an office where people are so casually mentioning my wife and all this stuff, and then you feel like it's such—it's
0: this decision whether to say anything about that, which is and that's so unfair. It's so unfair, and I've actually talked to someone about this who is in a public work position, and you have to come out of the closet time and time again for so many people, and it's not—it's not fair, like, especially at work, right? Like that you have to do that, right? But it's just—I just don't get it—and say. But luckily, he completely falls in love with being an intern at CBS. He said he would have happily lived out of a sleeping bag in the mail room. He would just walk around the studio, waltz into the studio for As the World Turns, slips into the control room, see what's happening there. And in the hallways, he would see these CBS soap stars, which he was like, even though I hated CBS soaps. God, so dense. <laughs> he said he would always say hi to them, and they would say, say hi back because he was such a fan of saying hi to celebrities. Can you imagine loving an office job this much? No, no. I'm I'm just, like, trying to imagine,
1: like, any job I've ever had where I'm like, I would have slept there.
0: No. But to have an office building where you have to be there at a certain time, and they keep you there. So. <laughs> and they keep you after hours, too. I can't. And he's not even getting paid. Wow. In our next life, maybe. Yeah. This is passion. This is passion. And we love to see it for him. (laughs) Um, But he did have a little talk with one of the producers who told him he needed to tone it down a little bit. And Andy was like, what is he talking about? But when he reflected, he was like, I guess I have been acting a little too familiar with the workplace. Like when a top CBS person asked him to transcribe some uh, tapes and he responded, I don't transcribe. So he's getting a little... Uh, <laughs> cocky. A little cocky. Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, he's literally just waltzing on studios. I could see this. I could see it, too. I mean, I think ultimately it worked well for him in his life, though. I mean, maybe you do have to kind of, like, be like, fuck you. Yeah. No, right. To, like, get it's, respect. It's always good to know pecking orders a little bit. For sure. And he does chill out a little bit. He puts his head down and really immerses himself in work. Um, after there was a plane crash in Iowa, Andy picked up the phone and his instinct was instinct was to book the fire chief and he does and they stay up all night uh just, you know, getting everything together for these interviews. And he said that he was like, I can't believe I booked something and was a part of something important. And then he was like, maybe instead of going to a small town to be a reporter after graduation, I should just go straight to New York and try to work at CBS.
1: Oh, God, it be so cool to be a journalist, wouldn't it? It
0: would be. Like, it sounds so intense, but wow. You just feel like you're like a part of... History. You are a part of history. It's you're on the front lines of history. Yeah, much like us. I'm like, are we journalists? (laughs) Would people say? Yeah. Um. As we title our podcast, right (laughs) answers mostly. Hey, we are up front and we are honest journalism.
1: Wow, that is true. Wow. That we are everything that this country needs. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would say so, Tess. (laughs) I would say so. Um. And he does get a job at CBS. He takes, um, but he takes a senior producer to lunch and he asked for advice and the producer was very complimentary of Andy. So Andy bl- blurted out the question he really wanted to ask. And he was like, what do you think of me going on air? Mm. Andy always has a dream of being on camera. And of the course. producer was like, you're needs some work. And Andy was like, I'll cut off my ponytail. Easy. Done. Fine. <laughs> and then the producer was like, no, I'm talking about your wonky eye. Yeah, To the lazy eye? He does have a little bit of a lazy eye, which Andy said, he was like, I, you can't see it in this picture, but Andy was like, I literally had never noticed it until he said that. That is so traumatic. So traumatic. But then he was like, and I, I have not stopped hearing about it ever since I have gone on TV, like. People tweet at him constantly. I've never noticed this. He, is he, it an actual lazy eye or is it just like... No. I, he he. In Andy's terms, he calls it a wonky eye. Also, isn't that such a fucked up... A lazy eye is such a fucked up term. <laughs> yes. I mean, I definitely have had my fair share of school pictures with a little lazy eye. We all have things that we notice about ourselves. Well, that, he didn't notice about it himself until that, that producer said it. That is so sad. I know. But also to be like, you can't be on TV because you have a little bit of a something. I mean... Silly. Yeah, that's it's not kind. No. But so he goes on to work at CBS as a news clerk, which basically means he, he answered phones, uh, he did the grunt work for producers, and he gets promoted to assistant producer and then he goes on to be associate producer producer, and senior producer. And he's moving up very quickly at such a young age. God, good for him. I know. That's incredible. But I always feel like he's just been so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. He was literally born to do this. Exactly. And in 1994, before he gets insi- assigned to interview Tammy Faye Baker,
1: it all goes back. To Ram. To Ram.
0: It does all go back to Ram. When I opened this book and saw a picture of Andy and Tammy Faye, I was like, ah! Screamed. Screamed. And I remember reading this book by the pool and seeing that picture and it didn't resonate. I was like, who the hell is Tammy Faye Baker? She looks crazy. Crazy. But check out our Jim and Tammy Faye Baker episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's one of our
1: fan favorites.
0: It is true. Um, And he just absolutely loved her. They took a photo together and um, he used that photo as his Christmas card that year. Oh, my God. That Should we use the white? Should we use the white party? Yes. As a ram Christmas a, card. Yes. Great idea. You guys will be getting one. Yep. Call us. <laughs> Call us. Join our newsletter. Send <laughs> us your address. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the stories that he's most proud of covering were breaking news situations where he had to be on location for things like hurricanes, plane crashes at the aftermath of a bombing. God, how many plane crashes did he experience? I know. It's crazy. It's like, were planes going down in the 90s left I and right? Yes, but he said the worst part, or, like, one of the most traumatic things that he was on the front line for was the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, I don't recall. Oh, uh, it is,
1: um... Right. Uh, by the way, we just mentioned planes. And did you just hear that?
0: It's so crazy. The crows, the planes. This happens like, to us constantly. There's a plane going over every our house time. right now. Uh, people say that it's uh, America's worst act of homegrown terrorism. It's, it was actually caused after the Waco episode. If you remember, it was a man who was saying the government was like... To, I can't, I'm not speaking on this correctly But he bombed a federal building in Oklahoma And tons of men, women, and children died it, It's, her, oh it's horrific I've been to the site it, It's horrific But he was there But he said the problem with his job, he's 27 years old, by the way, um, is that he was starting to emotionally disconnect from these stories because you had to. And he said it was like this Mm. really sick speed dating thing where it's like you would go talk to the victims and connect with them for two minutes and then shut it off and go edit a video. Yeah. I wonder what that does to your psyche and like mental health. He said he was like noticing like how... It was not good, and he was not liking that. He was staying awake for two days shooting, writing and producing stories about the rescue efforts. They would cut three stories a day. He said it was like the closest to a war zone he'll ever get, but he would have had to shut down. Yeah, maybe journalism would not be for me. (laughs)
1: Like, the fan- the romanticizing it is, you know, everything. And then you're like,
0: that's what you have to kind of do. And he had to be on call, like, wherever he was. He'd have to be like, there was just this tragedy at this place. You have to go and be in it. You have to go be in a hurricane. Yeah, how is it, like, was he ever fearful of his own safety? I don't think so. He never mentioned that in the book. But it's also crazy to think that Andy Cohen was, like, At Wildfires. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to see some footage. I would, too. I think... uh, I just think he's so smart. And,
1: like... Yeah, I think the annoying thing that people say about him... It's like, oh, he just does, like, watch what happens live. And I'm like, he interviews not only some of the most amazing people in the world, but also any sort of, like, position like that. You have to be
0: so quick. You have to have emotional intelligence.
1: And, yes, you you have to check the boxes of all sort of intelligence. I
0: completely agree. But just eventually after 10 years with CBS News, he knew that it was time to move on because he had outgrown it. And also it was just, like... He didn't want to do that and anymore. He's like, I hate their soap, so it's time to say goodbye? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's I've like, enough. I cannot
0: be associated. Well, he takes an offer to run the programming department for a startup cable channel called Trio in 2000. Cable was totally new for him, but it was an exciting opportunity because it was all pop culture. And then after a couple of years, a new president was brought in, Lauren Zalsnick, I believe that's how you say it. And then Lauren goes to run Bravo. <gasps> and she was like, Andy... I want you to come come with me and run the current programming at Bravo. So he had actually never really watched Bravo, but he knew it was having a major moment with the success of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Mm-hmm. And that was a super great gay-friendly fr- network with other shows like Boy Meets Boy and Gay Weddings. So he was like, I'm in. And he's now running programming at uh, Bravo. But like, how did Andy... Uh, get from behind the camera to in front of the camera and actually happened pretty early on. So it all began when he started uh, sending detailed gossipy emails to Lauren, the head of Bravo about the behind the scenes shenanigans on battle of the network stars, which is the first show he created at Bravo and he'd be like this person's sleeping with this person. This person got mad at this person and Lauren was like, this is juicy. You should be blogging for a Bravo website. The days of blogging. Oh, my. They blogged on Housewives for so yes. long. Until, like, four years ago. Yes. and then they all went to, like, Twitter. But they would literally write a blog after every episode. Of how they felt about what had happened. It was so good. So good. Oh, I miss it. Me, too. So he was, like... This is a great way for me to connect with the viewers and almost create a gossipy dialogue about everything from interviews with Project Runway judges to eventually getting to know Andy himself. Yeah. And he would get juicy with his blog. Like he started a rumor that two designers on Project Runway were hooking up. <laughs> they weren't. Most talkative. <laughs> Most talkative. And his blog starts growing and getting him invited to be a pop culture commentator on various CNN shows and The Veal. And he also had a friend who is a media expert who would coach him and be like, cross your legs. Don't sit with your legs apart like you're doing. Stop interrupting people. And he was like, you're tilting your head too much. You're doing this head tilt thing, which I think
1: Andy still does when he's listening to people on the reunion that they're not making sense. He goes, he literally does. Or if he says something like
0: yeah that he thinks is ridiculous he does that
1: he- it's like a con- It's like, oh my god he totally does when I read
0: that I was like I know exactly what you're talking 100%. about 100% and I love that he does oh, of that of
1: course it's icon it's, him. it's it, him it is
0: him so his um so yeah it's growing and during season two of top chef Lauren the head of Bravo decided to do a live web show after every episode with Andy as the moderator and every Wednesday he would interview the eliminated chef and they named the show after Bravo's tagline watch what happens live Chills again. So Watch What Happens Live started as a web show in 2004. Just to interviewed Top Chef contestants. That's... Inc- I love these kind of stories. It's like It's crazy. He, he made it happen, and he deserves it. And he... Yeah. From the very beginning. Wow. I know. So, one day in early 2005, mm. Amy... Amy Antracaso Davis was the head of development at Bravo. I can see her name. Yeah. In every single... <laughs> yep. yep. She... Uh, she, was hu- she hovered in Andy's office doorway with a VHS tape in her hands and a glint in her eyes. She said, "Watch this because it's coming your way. It's called "Behind the Gates." Yes. <laughs> so, Scott Dunlap, an advertising exec from exec from a gated community called Coto de Casa in Orange County, had picked up a camera and shot some footage of his neighbors who all happened to have big boobs and big blonde hair. Guys, this is the beginning of what we live for uh, the rest of our lives. Like, literally behind the gates. Behind the gates. Uh, Bravo people were intrigued and commissioned a developmental reel, which means that Bravo pays a production company to go do more shootings, or sorry, to go do more filming so you can get a better idea of what the show might look like. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> We understand what you're yep. saying. Mm-hmm. And the real featured women of Cotto de Casa talking about their personal lives and rit- ritzy lifestyles, and they showed off their homes. Andy said, quote, one woman whose house had a backyard pool with a grotto and a water slide talked a mile a minute about her insurance business, which she said was extremely important to her. It felt kind of unreal to hear a woman who looked like that, looks like she did talking about insurance.
1: <laughs> it's always been one of the greatest Bravo
0: mysteries of, like...
1: What is Vicki's insurance company and how does it make her so much money? <laughs> I know,
0: I know. <laughs> like something ain't right there. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing Vicki Gumbelson on a VHS tape for the first time? It would be shocking. It would be concerning. God, and Andy got to do it first. And it's like, who the hell is this person? Oh, so, you know,
1: what's so interesting. It's like the original OC housewives were like, yeah, they had money, but it wasn't like
0: wealth. And I also think, though, for back then, like, I think we've seen so much wealth in her face, but to see someone like kind of living a nicer lifestyle was like That's true. This is like right before the recession. That's so true. This so is 2005. Pe- so people were like living in a way they probably shouldn't have. And Orange
1: County looks like you're I mean it's trashy, but it looks like you're like a billionaire. Well,
0: if you're in Iowa and you see it, like a neighborhood with palm palm trees everywhere. That's true. I think
1: I feel like I'm like now comparing it to Heather DeBro, but it's right. like it's it was amazing at the time. It was
0: amazing. Um He was like, these women seem so much more interesting than anything I'd seen on daytime TV in years. And they were completely transparent about their vanity and their love of money. They were unbashed and unfiltered. So, Desperate Housewives was the biggest show on TV at this moment. Mm -hmm. So, he knew there was an audience there and that they wanted this. Um, They changed their name from Behind the Gates to The Real Housewives. And they're off. But the first rough but the first rough cuts sucked. The confessionals were not well lit and they didn't look good. They weren't really going deep or being honest. And so Andy and the team, before they even premiered it, were like, Maybe we should just trash this all together. They even like did the numbers on how much Bravo would have like take a bath if mm-hmm. they canceled it. Um But thank God they pressed on. And another problem that they had is that they couldn't tell the women apart. They were like, they're all (laughs) blondes. Like big boob women. literally. And so because they couldn't tell the women apart, they added um, the animated banners that tell the names. Oh my God. And that's still there today. Every scene, even though we all know them, like the back of our hands, that is why they have the banners. Because they were like, I don't know who that is. I can't. And they were like, if we've watched hundreds of hours of footage and we still can't tell them apart
1: i can't in the audience i can't
0: (laughs) i will say we will do a history of the housewives episode i think because he gives so many details about the start and like the development of the housewives that i can't cover in this episode of course of course not so in the opening of Desperate Housewives, they're all holding apples. Mm -hmm. And so they had these women do it and hold oranges. God, it's so smart. It's so smart. And the taglines, like in the early days, were just like random clips of things they had said before.
1: (laughs) It's like bad audio and it's like halfway through their sentence and you're like, what? (laughs) It's crazy. It's
0: amazing. It's so good. It's everything. It is everything. It's culture. It's our culture. It is. Um, Lauren, the head of Bravo, came up with the idea to add Orange County after Real Housewives at the end of the title just in case they decide to do another franchise. And Andy was actually really against it at first. He was like, this looks clunky and it's not good. But thank God they did that too. He was so worried that the cast members were going to hate it because they were going to think that uh, they painted them in the most shallow light possible. But the women loved it. Of course. They, <laughs> of course they did. Think about who's on first season. Truly. He said, quote, and just like that, I knew the most important element of the show. The only element was stable. These women were going to be along for the ride. And the ride it was going to be wild. This is home. This is childhood. This is childhood. This, this is womanhood. Is, this is folklore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it premieres to mixed reviews. The Washington Post called the women <laughs> fascinating bores, but predicted, "I love this." Of course, quote: "Sociologists and anthropologists um, in the future are going to have tons and tons of material to sift through as they try and understand what life was like in the first decade of the 21st century." Wow. I was like this is what we why we do what we do. And isn't it true? And it is true. And the ratings uh, were fine throughout the first season, which was only seven episodes, but then suddenly before the finale, it pops off. Seven episodes. Now they're like twenty three episodes. Yes, thank God. I would be so sad if there was only seven episodes. Same. Um, so, at this point, they knew they had something. And it was around this time that uh, a team at Bravo had another show in development called Manhattan Moms, which featured two women that Andy and Bravo absolutely loved. Do you know which two women they were? Are they on, Were they on Real Housewives? Um, Jill. Mm-hmm. Jill Zarin. Jill Zarin.
1: And not Bethany, because she came later. Okay, first season...
0: Um, Ramona Singer, Jill Zarin, and Alex McCord. A whole show called Manhattan Moms why was going are, to sit her around. Why are people fascinated by Alex McCord? People, Andy was literally like, we had never seen anyone. Like, Andy's mom was fascinated with Simon. Because she was like, who the fuck is this man? Wow, well, we still ask that today. <laughs> yeah, and like, don't fascination we? is all, not always endearing fascination. That is true. Um, so this show was going to be centered around them. And then they were like, well, The Real Housewives of OC is doing so well. Why don't we just call this The Real Housewives of New York? And, mm-hmm. um... Uh-huh. They go into casting the same way that they say, uh, Well, this book was written in 2012, and he was like, we cast it the same way we still do, which was finding them through the other housewives. Now, I think that it's actual casting. Yes. But Jill Zarin was the one who brought on every single person from that. Oh, she mentions it. Uh, Yeah. she Quite a bit. And it's, like, so sad that, like, she's not on Legacy and stuff now. Because she just, she got to be too much. And I think she really annoys Andy, too. I do not think Andy likes her. No, because she has his favorites. He does, and Jill is definitely not one of them. Mm. He actually also, didn't want Bethany to be on the show because she had been on a reality show before. And he was like, she's funny, but it's like kind of losery that she's been on a reality show before. The Apprentice? I, it wasn't The Apprentice. I don't, he didn't say what show it was, but she had apparently been on one. Also, she wasn't like, quote, like wealthy. She wasn't. Which is I mean, crazy. She was. I feel like she had a trust fund. Well, that's the thing is that Bethany was always like, I'm, I'm so working. Poor. And it's like, you have an amazing apartment in Manhattan that you live in by yourself. She did the same thing that Kyle Richards does first season of Beverly Hills. I've like, we're not like most
1: people. We have a small $2 million house <laughs> instead of $12 million.
0: It's like sweetheart.
1: You're, you're probably rich.
0: like $4 million, You know? Yeah, exactly. But, um, and again, I think we should do a Housewives episode because the casting is Fascinating. Yes. Next was Atlanta, which would go on at that time to be the highest rated out of all the cities. And then it was Jersey. And he said that he thought he knew what he was in for with Jersey, but he had no idea. How
1: can you be? Yeah.
0: How and can you be? he initially didn't want Beverly Hills because he thought it was too similar to the OC. But no, 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 it cannot be more different. No, opposites, really. (laughs) Thank God, opposites, too. Um, And he said with his relationship and the the job duty with the Housewives, he said, in fact, I don't feel like just a producer. I'm often a shrink or cheerleader, protector, peacemaker, and referee. Mm -hmm. Um, He talks of his work on the Housewives, which I don't think he's as involved. But in the beginning... Um, He would screen multiple cuts of every episode and give editorial notes on the show, change the music, hold a shot on someone's reaction, explain an interview, what happened in the scene before. Um, He was also involved in casting, tracking stories with production companies, and mapping out how they'll play over the season and negotiating contracts. He said the New York woman used Bethany to use uh, use Bethany as a negotiator. One time she called Andy from a closet and demanded more money on behalf of the cast in exchange for something. And this is why she's a mogul. Literally, can you imagine Ramona being like, Bethany, go in the closet and call Andy? Get us
1: another hundred bucks for the (laughs) night. Like
0: (laughs) all these New York fixes. Andy was like, I don't even remember what she was trying to negotiate for now, but apparently it worked. They probably were like fucked up on something. You know they were. Uh, New York, of course they Mm. were. Um, and when he when asked how he deals with this woman, he said the answer is simple: he's crazy about them and crazy about the show. Uh, aren't we all? Aren't we all? So this is still going on. He's still doing the web show for Watch What Happens Live. Um, and after the second season of The Real Housewives of Orange County, they decided they should do a reunion. And Lauren asked if Andy wanted Andy wanted to try a TV version of the web. Oh, my God. I cannot talk today. You got it. If Andy wanted to try a TV version of the web show for the OC reunion and be the host, and he's stoked. And he said he had the best time asking shady viewer questions from home.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, how do we get
0: those questions? Well, he said questions he still can't believe he asked on national television. Here's a few. Quote, Sonia, was your vagina rude to Kelly? (laughs) Here's another one. Danielle. What did you think when Teresa, when you heard Teresa say that Steve was just interested in you for blowjobs? Nini, Angela from New York wants to know why you, at your age, wears clothes that show your old, your old gals sagging. Mm, Music to my ears. Music to my ears. And the ratings were good. And so his boss asked him to host TV reunions for other Bravo shows. And pretty soon he was hosting all the reunions for all the shows. (sighs) And then a producer takes him to lunch and is like, you're great at this. You should be hosting a show full-time. Literally, though. So in 2008, Watch What Happens Live producers... um, or sorry. Watch What Happens Live broadcasted as the online companion to Bravo's final season of Project Runway. By then, they added cocktails and some non-Bravo celebrities in the mix. And in 2009, they brought Watch What Happens Live to the network and late night airing at midnight. And thank God. How does he have the energy i don't to I this day to this day i know that some of watch what happens live is pre-taped but i think some of it is still live yeah, i i think so and he's like i saw it on his interview at hot ones um they were like has any guest got too drunk and he was like no like i like it when they get too drunk i encourage yes it he and he said he's i think now andy's just stoned on watch it happens live he 100 is you can see it in his eyes you can tell on some nights where he's more stoned than others i would be too i'm like i don't even be sober for this no and I'll, i've done this now for so long For so long he knows how it goes um he, they used his own furniture to decorate the set, a.k.a. the clubhouse, and they modeled it after the den in his apartment, and the show then moves to 11 p.m., and the rest is history. Oh, and Andy said he wanted the format to be spontaneous, interactive, and simple. The only structure is that there has to be a poll. three here's what items to discuss at the top of the show, a muzzle and the jackal of the week.
1: He just like asks all the questions that you want other interviewers to ask. Of like, would you rather marry, fuck, kill? Like he is all of us being like, this is what we want to talk about. To yes, celebrities
0: to Gloria Steinem. Yes, he literally asked Gloria Steinem like, marry, fuck, kill. It's great and that is the beauty of it. And that you can have Gloria Steinem sitting next to Jax Taylor. Like it's so crazy. It's, it's the perfect late night talk show. It's life. It is life. So, um, Andy continues to serve as executive producer, but is not involved in the day-to-day of the Housewives anymore, but he continues to do Watch What Happens Live. He tours nationally with Anderson Cooper on AC2. He had his own radio channel, or has his own radio channel on Sirius XM. He's won an Emmy and two Peabody Awards for his work. Ugh. The author of two New York Times bestsellers. Um, he's pretty private about his love life. Like Yeah. I think he was in a relationship for three years with this guy, John Ar- Author. Arthur Hill, who, um, is a producer for Radio Andy and continues to be, but they ended their relationship in 2020. Um, he, there's always been rumors about him and Anderson Cooper, but they're just best friends. They met through a, a mutual friend who tried to set them up on a blind date. Uh, Cooper was a reporter at ABC when Cohen worked at CBS Um, But the date never happened. Cooper called it off after speaking to Cohen. (laughs) He's like, I'm good. It's like, this will not work. (laughs) Um, But then Andy uh, said as he was approaching 50, he kept hearing the Peggy Lee song. Is that all there is? And he said, (gasps) that's exactly how he felt. There's got to be a greater purpose for me. And he is now a single father of two children, whom he fathered with the help of a surrogate. His son, Benjamin Allen Cohen, was born on February 4th, 2019. And his daughter, Lucy Eve Cohen, was born on April 29th, 2022. It's close to your birthday. I
1: know. I'm so happy for him. they are the
0: cutest ever. They look like little Cabbage Patch dolls. Both of them. Oh, guys. Also, I'll post a picture. Young Andy and Ben are literal twins. It's crazy. Um, He said uh, that being a father has changed him in every way. His sense of accomplishment has totally changed. Just getting the kids breakfast and out to school. He's like, you did it, man. And I just want to read a little quote from his um, NPR interview about being a dad. He said, well, it's interesting. Ben goes to a progressive nursery school in New York City. I'm the only single parent and I'm the only gay dad. And Mm -hmm. so it hit me different in different ways this year. Just moments where being a single parent hit me in ways that I didn't expect. We were at a birthday party for a friend of his at a playground. It was unseasonably warm and all of a sudden the sprinklers went on and all the moms suddenly had changes of clothes for the kids so they could run around in the sprinklers and Ben didn't. He was the only child who couldn't play in the sprinklers. And I've got to tell you something. I cried when I got home. I'm getting emotional now. I just felt so like, maybe you don't know what you're doing And by the way, Ben didn't care, but I cared. And the fellowship of other gay dads is so valuable to me and the fellowship of other single parents in ways I never expected. It's life and it's great. That's so sweet. And that's Andy Cohen. Oh,
1: God. Uh, I just, I love him more, even knowing knowing more about his story and his journey.
0: And I do have a quick little game for you. Oh, my God. Just a quick one. It's not long. Oh, please. Tess, you get to be Andy. That's our game. Oh, my God. Okay. So, first question. You get to choose a new city of the Real Housewives. Where do you choose? San Francisco. Oh, love it. Thank you for the real wealth test. The
1: wealth in, like, that area is crazy. Great answer. And I, like, I'm tempted to be, like, Palo Alto, but I think San Francisco would be a little bit more fun. There's more to do. But
0: Bay Area, it needs to happen. And we've seen how different each city in California is. So, I think that's fantastic. Yes. You get to choose two guests, and a, um, a celebrity and a bravo celebrity <gasps> for Watch What Happens Live and a bartender. Who do you choose? <gasps> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Should I should have sent you this. No, no, no.
1: Okay. Um, celebrity? Probably Taylor Swift, let's Wait, be honest. She, she, she needs, needs it. She needs to go on. And then I'm almost like, who oh my would... <laughs> <laughs> my body just had a reaction to that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> These mics pick up everything, don't they? they? Uh, my tummy's been oh my growling. God. I think it's been picking that up. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, I'm like, who would be like almost crazy with Taylor Swift, yeah. but I'd be like a Bravo celebrity. I almost want to say someone from VPR with Taylor, <laughs> just to see how she would. James Kennedy. James Kennedy and Taylor <laughs> Swift. That is because he like wants to be a musician. That would be amazing. Stop. And bartender would be us.
0: Yes, thank you, thank you so much for it, taking it there. It was us. It was us. It was us. Um, you get to take something from the clubhouse. What do you want to take? The bunny. The bunny. The bunny is so iconic. I would give it to
1: Tubby and he could eat it. <laughs> he could play with it. He'd love it.
0: Tag Kim Richard's, and Lisa Serena. Exactly. They should have Kristen's green dress in the clubhouse. They should have so much more from VPR. I agree. I agree. It's so crazy to watch, uh, watch What Happens Live and see Shep... Shep Rose's book, next Gloria Steinem's book. It's, it's wild. Bl- but that is life. That is life. Okay, you get to smoke weed with a celebrity on Watch What Happens Live. Who do you choose?
1: Any celebrity. Any
0: celebrity. Smoke, oh my God, who would I want to get high
1: with? Um, Chelsea Handler.
0: Great answer. And you get to host New a Year- New Year's Eve countdown <gasps> with a friend. Who do you choose? You. <laughs>
1: We were like, obviously,
0: And <laughs> we would crush that. Call us CNN. Call us. We might get a little too drunk. What? But so is Andy and Anderson. But that's what the good stuff is. Exactly. We love that. Wow, you're such a good Andy Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to his story with that me that was so
1: fun that was one of the most like intrigued i ever oh, was with any episode just because i love him
0: so much and i am so glad we honored him <sighs> and you did such a beautiful job well there's just like i highly recommend reading most talkative and i know he has other books too and i'm, I'm he just came out with a book uh, the daddy diary so i'm excited Hot. to read that sign me up and i'm so sorry for my stutter today you know some days you just have that i didn't notice it at all i'm not the just saying that say. I really, no i did not Bedtime. Oh, that was great, Claire. Oh, thanks. I'm oh. so excited for this month. Like, what a gorgeous month. Yes, we are so excited to celebrate people, queer icons. Oh, we need to bring back our um, Pride
1: Rammies. Oh, we do. We'll bring it back. Okay, We cute. got some little graphic designs That's for, right. for everyone.
0: That's right. But God, Claire, that was gorgeous. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Andy, we love you. We can't wait till we can tell you about this episode in person one day. We are hoping and praying to go to BravoCon. Yes. It's oh, in October? God. November. November. It's our Thanksgiving. Right. Yes. It. Off. write it off we will be doing such we'll document it guys oh, sorry and you know where to find us again at write answers mostly on instagram and tiktok i oh, love you see you guys next week yes see you next week goodbye goodbye,
1: goodbye.